In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Keeping two things in mind is fairly straightforward, pretty simple. Like walking and chewing gum, or like circling on your belly and patting up and down on your head. Keeping three things in mind altogether more precarious. It's sort of like driving and texting in one hand and having a big gulp in the other hand. Very dangerous, not to be recommended, and wise preachers do not dare to go into that territory, which is why I shall. And I won't even talk about how the readings and how they're arranged make it very difficult for you to keep the chronology straight, because what we just heard in the gospel actually happened on the 40th day. And I won't comment on how that optional part of the second reading at the end of St. Paul's letter to the Colossians, uh, where in some parishes people start coughing. Uh, In most parishes, people don't even hear it because it's optional. Um, And I won't comment on how St. Paul's advice to women uh, can't be understood without reading carefully Ephesians 5 which also requires you to read carefully 1 Corinthians 7 so as to be totally convinced that Paul, St. Paul understands that husbands and wives are equal in dignity and wield authority over each other so that you can take seriously as common in Ephesians 5 that husbands and wives ought to defer to each other out of reverence for Christ and therefore is giving advice that is pertinent to how original sin afflicts us and the normal ways that husbands and wives might ruin a marriage without even committing a mortal sin. I won't talk about any of that. But I will talk about St. John, whose feast day was yesterday. Now, you're familiar with the 12 days of Christmas. There are many different uh, subsets of Christmas tide. Uh, the f- fullest extent goes all the way to the February 2nd. Um, and then there's the 12 days of Christmas. But there's also the octave of Christmas, the eight days that we celebrate from December 25th through and including January 1st. There are many beautiful feast days during that octave. And unless you go to Mass every day, you wouldn't ever know about them. St. Stephen, the first martyr, is celebrated on the 26th. St. John, our patron, his feast day is always the third day of Christmas, December 27th, yesterday. So you could have received a plenary indulgence if you had come to church yesterday and prayed for the Pope and prayed the Creed, received Holy Communion, and gone to confession, and were free from attachment to sin. We'll talk about that later. Tomorrow is the feast of St. Thomas of Becket. Uh, There's a great old movie that bears his name, rated PG, but still worth uh, your home uh, home visits and and, uh, entertainment during these slow days. Besides mentioning St. John, it's also worth mentioning today's feast day, which is always the fourth day of Christmas, but isn't mentioned today because it's also um, the Sunday after Christmas. December 28th is the Feast of the Holy Innocents. 
and those who come to Mass every day have this um, jarring meditation to add to their Christmas prayers when they consider uh, the little boys that were killed uh, at Herod's instruction. And then the third thing I want to mention is how today is the Sunday after Christmas. And so it's the solemnity of the Holy Family. So those are the three things we'll try to keep in mind. St. John, the Holy Innocence, and the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. St. John teaches us about love. In his three short letters, obviously in addition to the Gospel and Revelation, his three short letters are written for specific people. His third letter to one he mentions by name, his second letter to a venerable Christian lady, his first letter to fathers and to children. It's a beautiful letter. It won't take you more than a few minutes to read. The second and third letters take you a few seconds to read. It's in this first letter of John that we hear him define God as love. Not just describe God as loving, but just, just define that God is love. And surely, St. John is not being, getting carried away in sentimentalism. This is St. John who saw love crucified on a tree. This is St. John who, in that very same letter, chapter 2, tells us, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in him. People tend to remember St. John teaching us, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love which sounds so universally acceptable. Remember, St. John is using love as a synonym for Jesus. And he knows that the world hates Jesus. So we can't love the world. Keep that in mind, because this calling that we've received as Christians made possible by the incarnation and birth of our Lord is a calling to be otherworldly. Christ came into the world. Christ became man so that we could become like God. The holy innocence. It's hard to think of the Holy Innocence 2,000 years ago without thinking about the Christians being slaughtered in the Middle East right now by those who are giving Islam an even worse name, by killing women and families, and even executing children. In Baghdad, just a few weeks ago, and in other parts of occupied Iraq and Syria, Christians are being killed. Now, no doubt, they're being killed because they're people who are hungry for power, just like Herod was 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, the children were being mistaken for the baby of Mary and Joseph. No one even yet knew the title, Christian. 
But these children even have a chance to proclaim Christ and say, No, I will not profess faith in your prophet. I believe in Jesus. And these young martyrs certainly give us cause for sadness, but also cause for rejoicing. Why? Because there are children who love Jesus so much, they're willing to die for him. That's beautiful. And Christ came into the world so that our natural virtues could have supernatural significance. So that what we do now actually matters for eternity. The mystery of Christmas is the mystery of God in the world. Not just once in a singular manner, although the incarnation is singular, but he comes into the world through us. He comes into the world every time we allow ourselves to become more like him. And so even in the best of circumstances, the Feast of the Holy Innocents reminds us of the dark, cold, and fallen world, which is the backdrop for the birth of our Savior. It underscores the necessity of us being rescued in the first place and the cause of our rejoicing, because if he hadn't come, we would still be lost. And the solemnity of the Holy Family. For over a hundred years, the Sunday after Christmas has been dedicated to the Holy Family. Even when Pope Leo XIII set aside that day, he didn't change the readings or change the orations or anything. Much in the same way that Pope St. John Paul II dedicated the Sunday after Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday without changing the readings or changing the prayers just seeing a natural, uh, a natural connection. And so this Sunday has always been dedicated, well, not always, has long been dedicated to the Holy Family. Now we just have two dozen possible readings uh, for the occasion. And whether this Sunday after Christmas is for the sake of just quietly pondering the mystery of the hidden life of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and how the incarnation and the birth of our Lord has sanctified the most ordinary moments of life. Or in more turbulent times, we consider how the solemnity of the Holy Family shows us the path to heroism when death is at the door. We know that the Holy Family is misunderstood, if not disrespected, by many. Even people who wear um, my kind of liturgical attire as being anomalous and having nothing to do with an ordinary family. Nothing farther could be the case.
The Holy Family is the mystery of God bringing life into the world, God entering into human history. That is what happens when a man and a woman marry and open themselves up to the mystery of God's power being fruitful through them. Because that life now in the Christian era is not just a natural human life who will enjoy a soul that will live for all eternity. But that Christian child will be baptized and will be turned even more clearly into the image and likeness of God. And will actually be a temple in which God actually dwells. It's not the same as the incarnation. But it's still God coming into the world. And Jesus, Mary, and Joseph help us to remember that our vocation is not simply to be good and avoid sin. Our vocation is to be holy. Which is why so many people abandon Orthodox Christianity and find easier variations of it. It's hard not to love Christianity. It's hard to live Christianity. Especially if we try to do so without a prayer life without reforming our lives and and our patterns to make it easier to be conformed to God's will. In the world of the confession, we call that the firm purpose of amendment and avoiding the near occasion of sin. If we're always visiting the occasion of sin, the Christian life will just become unbearable and we'll give up. Our vocation is to be holy. On Christmas Day, I I left you with an image of how at adoration we have our Lord and the monstrance, the platform of which is carried by, by two angels in adoration. And how fitting it would be if instead it were carved images of Mary and Joseph in adoration of their divine son. Which makes intelligible all the seemingly awkward sacred images of our Lord all throughout the history of Christian art. Where as a newborn baby, there's Mary and prayer and Joseph and wonder and Jesus on the ground. Surely it's not attempting to be photographically realistic because someone would have been holding him and hugging him and kissing him. But it reflects the reality of what actually happened. God coming into the world to be adored and worshipped and ultimately to be offered up in sacrifice. And so we have come into the world born and adopted as sons and daughters of God. Holy by God's grace, beautiful, with a divine purpose, to be offered up in sacrifice. Our lives not meant to be saved and enjoyed as much as possible, but to be spent for the love of others, and above all, the love of God. And so with the Holy Innocence reminding us 
that it's a dark world out there, although we might not need reminding. And St. John teaching us what love really is. We rejoice that Jesus, Mary, and Joseph teach us how to be human. And by God's grace, how to become divine. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.